Kanban on the air. Thanks for tuning in to Instagram Growth Podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best Instagram marketer that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how. Now, let's get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here is your host, Anne, and another great episode of Convent Podcast on the air. Today, we are talking about the power of entrepreneurship, and I'm more than happy to welcome my guest from Australia today, Kimberly Spencer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Anna. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. So could you please tell me about yourself more? Yeah, so I am a high-performance coach. I specifically work with visionary leaders and entrepreneurs to build their empire, stand out authentically, and to serve from their soul so that they double their impact and their income. And that is, and I am the founder of a company called crownyourself.com, and it has been such a joy growing my business for the past four years. And now I am living, I am not Australian, but I am now living my vision, which was to live abroad uh, and live in Australia. And we have been living abroad since since March, actually. Oh, that's so interesting. By the way, I like the name of your company, Crown Yourself. So it sounds so, so intelligent and so creative. Thank you. Well, I always wanted to be a princess growing up. So I figured I might as well build it into my business. <laughs> <laughs> cool idea. So why do you think it's so important for a leader or a business owner to take ownership? So ownership, I, I, because I work with a lot of high achievers, I, th- there is a, such a pendulum swing when it comes to ownership. On one side of ownership, people think that there is that sort of victim mindset where everything is happening to you. Everything is somebody else's fault. It's uh, the economy's fault, or it's COVID's fault, or it's um, the pandemic, or it's. There's a lot of blame on that side, and the problem with being on that side of the pendulum is that there's not really much that you can do. It's not a very empowered space to be in. You can't if it's always somebody else's fault that's causing your um, unhappiness, that's causing your lack of success in your business then it's very hard to to be able to get new results. Then there's the other side of the pendulum, if if you swing it to the other side, where I see a lot of high achievers take so much responsibility that they put themselves entirely at fault for everything that happens. So their last launch failed, and it's completely their fault, and they blame themselves, and they beat themselves up and all that. And that's not exactly what ownership is either, because on that side of the spectrum, you're become, you're putting yourself in the space of being a villain of your own life, where in the middle is actually where ownership is. And ownership is where you take responsibility, 100% responsibility for your actions, for your results, but you can't take anybody else's. Like, you can't take responsibility for a pandemic. You can't take responsibility for uh, for somebody else's choices, but you can take responsibility for how you choose to respond. And when you ha- are able to take responsibility for how you choose to respond and how you choose to adapt and innovate and pivot, as as all of my clients had to do to be able to to thrive in this in this season in this past season. 
that it, it changes the game for your business. It changes the game for the results that you're able to create. And it changes the game for your own mindset to move from a space of feeling very disempowered or very punished by yourself to feeling very empowered to being able to move forward and make strides that have momentum. It's a lot easier to move forward when you aren't on your own back. And do you think that taking responsibility in the right way is the most difficult part of being a leader? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I find that um, because nobody likes the wrong game, right? Like nobody likes to be wrong. Nobody likes making a mistake. It doesn't necessarily feel very good. And so we're coming up against all these feelings of guilt and shame and negative emotions and and what I call crappy conditioning of, of the feelings, thoughts, and beliefs that we have around the learning process. And leadership is not something that's really taught in school. It You can have examples. You can have mentors. Um, if you're lucky, you, you had great parents who were great leaders, but that's not always the case. And so learning how to lead your own life and do it in a way where you are able to see everything happening for you instead of everything happening to you, it takes practice and it's not always a perfect road. And it takes a lot of grace with and being grace and gracious with ourselves to honor that learning process and to allow for that space and to recognize the the crappy feelings and the uncomfortable things that come up and the uncomfortable beliefs and thoughts that come up as we are growing as leaders and being able to take stock in those and assess those and and not have them be something that we necessarily feel shame about or beat ourselves up about but that we can take stock and and take ownership of them, and then allow the lesson to transform us. I mean, that's the process of change. It's a constant uh, cycle of, of letting an old part of you, letting past programming, letting a past identity of who you have been die in order to resurrect into the leader that you can be. And that and I mean that metaphorically, but there are certain beliefs that, that for example, I'll give a, a, an example from my own life. When I was about 19 years old, I was struggling with bulimia and I was in a 10-year battle with, with myself. And I had no. old beliefs that I was um, broken, that I was was not deserving, that I was damaged and that I was a victim. And all of those beliefs, they they were fine to get me to where I was, but when where I was was no longer good enough, when where I was was I realized I was on a slow form of suicide because that's what an eating disorder is. And I realized I wanted something different. I realized I had to start leading my own life. Well, that that mean that that meant that I had to start leading my own beliefs, that I had to start leading in a way where I went into the unknown and examined these beliefs and I examined the triggers and I looked at the thoughts and the feelings and the things that made me uncomfortable, that made me have this, this really bad habit of binging and purging. 
and allow for that self-awareness to then to then grow and blossom. So now I look back on that version of myself and I don't recognize her anymore because it's like a, a butterfly looking back on a caterpillar. It's a different species. It's it's transformed. So it's not, and that's the beautiful process of of true leadership is the ability to have that awareness to make the adjustments and to transform through the learning process to become something greater than you were. You are a very strong woman, and I think you really. Ha, you really had so much power and so much strength to overcome this. So I'm proud of you. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, in our society, there is a common belief that uh, if you want to be a leader or if you want to be a business owner, you need to have a set of characteristics like Business owners and businessmen are usually associated with kind of being extroverted, being not shy, um, being stubborn sometimes. So what is your opinion? So can any person become a leader? Should there be like set of characteristics that a business owner or a leader should absolutely possess? I think that... Like you touched on a, on a really important point because I know many, like for me, I'm naturally introverted um, and I learned how to be extroverted, but I, I really am very good in the privacy of my own space. But at the same time, it's like there were skill sets that I needed to learn. And it wasn't that I needed to learn how to be extroverted. It was that I needed to learn how to be courageous. And so in in leadership, in achieving high performance, one of the tenets of high performance that scientifically uh, studied by, in the world's largest study of high performers was found that one of the tenets is simply courage. And so to start a business, to become a leader, to grow a following on any social media platform, all that's required is the courage to show up. And 80% of it is just the courage to show up even when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like what you have to say is not so great, even on days that that may not be amazing for you. But having the courage and, and being able to know where that line is for you. So to give you an example, um, today is my first day back to any sort of interviews or coaching clients or anything like that. My father passed away a, a week ago and, and I took, I took the week off because that's what I needed. That was the courageous thing. Like my past pattern in the past would have been to just work through and try to make everything work. And I said, no, 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 no. I really need to take this space and take the week off. So that was my act of courage for somebody else. It may be different. And for today, it was my day to, to come back and I felt aligned in coming back and in um, coming back to speaking and to serving. And, and that, but that was my act of 
courage. That's that's different for every single person, though. Some people may need weeks. Some people may need um, some people. Their active courage may not be showing up. Like for me, that was my active courage was actually canceling my appointments and saying, "I need some time. I need some downtime," um, and being very honest and vulnerable with about what I needed. Um, versus another person's active courage may may be showing up. Any coach, any guru, any mentor can't tell you what your active courage is, um, but you know. You know what it is because you'll know when your head hits the pillow at night whether you lived into your fullest and best or you didn't. And you'll know by the level of courage that you were able to exhibit on that day if you were able to come to put yourself out there in the best way that you could and whether that's putting yourself out there for your family as a leader, as a mother, as a, as a parent for your kids um, or, or putting yourself out there on social media or putting yourself out there as a business owner or choosing to not and honor the time and self-care that you need. All of those can be acts of courage, but all of those are only personal choices that only you can know. So having the allowing yourself the autonomy to trust yourself and what you need and to also listen to that voice to lean into the thing that is courageous for you you know the things that you just told me like like kind of motivational inspirational and even this is enough for me to go for you to believe you and really like to to consider you to be a true leader. So what do you think are the other ways to motivate the members of your team, to motivate the people that you work with? To motivate the members of your team, it definitely requires boundaries. Um, like I was working with one of my clients and she was struggling with her team's motivation where she would go out of her way to do things for other people and they weren't appreciative. So I'm blessed to work with really, really, really good-hearted people who have such a big heart for service and who absolutely love people. The problem is, is with that is that sometimes their value, they diminish their value by not holding up their boundaries. And so a big part of leadership is actually having those strong boundaries. And I, I like to think of it because I'm a, I'm a mom of a, of a toddler and We have in our house, we have a rule. We have the one, two, three rule. So one is a warning, two is watch yourself, and three, there is a consequence. So it would be, it would, I would be stepping on my own boundaries. I would be breaking integrity with myself and my son if I, if by three I said, oh, it's just another warning, if there was no consequence. So boundaries are simply where if you do A, then I do B. And sometimes if it's, if you do A again, then I do B. And so for example, like, and so this is where that term tough love comes in. Because sometimes when we really want to be supportive, when we really want to take ownership, it's like what I said in the beginning, in the beginning, you can only take a hundred percent ownership of your own stuff and your own choices. And sometimes you have to allow other people to fail. You have, sometimes you have to allow your kids to fail. Sometimes you have to allow your team members to fail. Sometimes you have to allow your customers and your clients to fail because 
in that failure, that is where they can take ownership of the learnings and lessons that come from failure. Success can be a very crappy teacher. So when you when you choose to lean into the boundary of if you do A, then I do B, and then you hold that boundary with integrity, it keeps your your own integrity with your word and it allows it allows for people to take ownership of their own actions and their own results, which which doesn't happen if you back down from that boundary or if you tr- suddenly uh, renegotiate that boundary to be a, a warning or oops, you did that. Like here's a here's a thing. So here, here let me let me give you another chance because so often. Um, so often a lot of leaders, they, especially the really, really good hearted ones, the really, the ones with such a big heart for service who love people, it, it's, in, it's essential to have that boundary of integrity to be able to hold that so that people know that when they fail, they, that you'll also be there. Like I, when, for example, if my son f- technically fails or there receives a consequence in some way, like he's put in timeout or he loses a toy. I still am there for him to hug him. I still am there for him to talk him through it. He still receives the consequence. So there still is the consequence because that's the boundary that I set up. But it doesn't mean that I love him any less. It doesn't mean that I'm punishing him. It it means that there was a consequence that he made a choice that had a result and that that result may because he's disappointed and I'm sorry that he's disappointed that he didn't get what he wanted but that because that that choice there was that result and so that that is one way for leaders to to really um lean in that you can support your team in getting results and you can also support your team when they don't get the results that they want but constantly chasing after them or leaning into their um, their ownership, their ability to take ownership and rescuing them from their own failures doesn't always serve as as the powerful learning that that it could if if you actually let others fail and struggle and go through the challenge themselves, supporting them all the way, guiding them if you can, and ideally giving them advice that if you make this choice, it's going to turn out better for you than if you make this choice. But if they make the other choice, if they make choice B that results in failure or struggle or challenge, you're there to support them and cheer them on, not wave the finger of I told you so, but give them hugs and love and, and teach them about the power of ownership, of owning their choices, and that next time they will know to make a better choice. The example that you gave about your son is actually the way that my parents brought me up. And I really now I love this, like this idea of bringing up children. And I really think that it's actually a great idea for motivating your team and the members of your team, because, yeah, I think it's very clever and intelligent. But here comes a lot of stress with being in a leadership role. So how can a leader deal with their feelings when they are under pressure? Oh, you got to have awareness. Like being self-aware is so crucial as a leader of knowing what you're feeling, 
knowing that your feelings are also just a signal of something that you value. And that's that's the beautiful part about uh, any emotion that you experience, whether it's joy or anger or sadness or shame. Um, all emotions are signals that there's something behind that experience that triggered that emotion, that there's something that you value there. And, and those values can be the big drivers for your company. Those driver, those values can be the big drivers for your life. So your feelings are just signs and signals. But as a leader, it's essential to be self-aware that uh, of what you're feeling, of how you're feeling, and are you letting your feelings rule you? Or are you choosing to not rule as in control your feelings, not suppress or repress them, but to experience them and then let them go? That's a great approach. Really, thank you for coming here and thank you for such an inspirational interview. So how can my listeners find out more about you and how they can get connected with you online? You can find me at crownyourself.com. And if you want to jump into our community of sovereigns who are taking ownership of their lives and definitely jump into our Facebook community um, at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash crown yourself. Okay, I will post all these links that you mentioned in the description box to this episode. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you. It was fun. This is a podcast sponsored by Combin.com. Grow and manage your Instagram safely and organically with Combin Growth and Combin Scheduler. Instagram promotion is easy. Combin.com.